Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is the Entitled Partner Podcast. I'm Scott Tilford, joined by Jules Gill. Oh, that was very professional, right? It's powerful. There. It's 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 confident. It's a statement of intent. Usually, every week we hit, we hit the recording button, and a little Zoom lady likes to tell us that a meeting is in progress. But I was I said no, Jules Gill. I'm gonna do an actual introduction. No, what you. you've done here is you've uh, opened up a big tin of juicy beef and you just squirted it right <laughs> in my face so i'm ready for that big slab of content let's go that would put you down a big a big piece of a big slab of juicy beef you'd have to wipe all that off before you could continue i think i, that, I think that might ruin is your it, day am i am i just out there and saying that that uh, meat juice or bean <laughs> juice in general is like the worst thing in the world bean juice is bad too any but other no, wait, wait, bean juice bean juice is just tomato juice you wouldn't just like drink it though like unwanted be any whoa, 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 whoa. Cold, i think <laughs> whoa, whoa, sorry, sorry you you are saying to me right now that you yes. would not drink beans Mm, come on man I come on man don't dirty yourself i would i would like i said i would drink bean juice if it was i i'm gonna have to uh, put a rule down i think that any juice that didn't start cold cannot be left to go cold and then be drinkable What's that's my rule so so you'd be happy cold like, bean yeah. juice no okay I can, I can get behind that a lukewarm bean juice is probably where i draw the line as well because i mean <laughs> i i think that you and i in a past life were the same old man i feel like Possibly. you and i would be looking over like a seafront looking at a seagull eating a chip where we're sipping our bovril sort of thing <laughs> we like a big like a meaty drink you know what i'm saying well you know the bit alan partridge when he goes to visit michael and michael's like do you want a cup of beans and he's like what do you mean <laughs> and he's like here's a cup of beans and he puts he gives him a sausage to scoop the beans out i thought that was genius and i've never actually made that but i love the idea of a cup of beans with a with a sausage to scoop the beans out like that's yeah. that's brilliant um but anyway yeah on top of the podcast i'm scott tilford joined by jules gill and every week we uh, ask for different questions different thoughts whatever you'd like us to talk about each and every week um and a massive um response to this thanks to everybody for sending in their questions and uh, we'll Cheers. try and get to as many as possible um a nice little positive thing as well a little comment from jay who says genuinely one of the best podcasts out there and a great way to start the weekend well thank you very, very much that's very very thing. nice that's um, very an actual I know an actual question from Casey J. McGeorge, who says UBP, 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 UBP. Love you guys from across the pond. What are your thoughts on this whole abandoned thing? Personally, I have no interest in it. And to me, it seems as if the studio can't be trusted. Keep up the great work. Also from Travis Nichols, kind of feel like we were abandoned on purpose. My inner Charlie Day conspiracy mind is exploding. Now, have you been following all this abandoned stuff? And what do you think about it? I have been following it vicariously through the thumbnails that you, Scott Telford, have been making <laughs> because I find that that's how all of my news should be uh, delivered to me in thumbnail form as made by Scott. You just follow the like arrows, just, you know. I, yeah, that's the thing, you're like, I don't know where to look. Oh, look, there's a, there's a circle <laughs> or a giant yellow arrow there with a guy going, sort of thing. Is it that thing? Is it this yeah. thing? So, um, no, yeah. no, I, why don't you fill me in on this? Because from I can give you the cliff notes of what I think is going on. Uh, you you do did, that first, then I'll tell you what, what's what. What an absolute weird half-baked tire fire it's turned into. So people, I say people, we were <laughs> suggesting that uh, it was the it was PT under a different name. Well, it was, okay, so, like Silent Hills got cancelled. Hideo Kojima got yep. booted out the door. 
uh, by Konami. He decided to take the ideas, go with somebody else, and that's what abandoned. Well, so the the thing, well, that's the thing. The name abandoned, or is it all the Konami? Is it Castlevania? Like, there's all these different things. And uh, the reason that it kicked off, it wasn't just us. We sort of leapt on because it is a really fun talking point. But the reason it kicked off was because Blue Box Studios, who are the developers of Abandoned, um, and Abandoned itself, when it got shown off, was a first-person horror game. They then mm-hmm. tweeted saying, "Oh, the real name of our game begins with S and ends with L," which everybody went, "Oh, it's probably Silent Hill." Then, and then if you um, translate. <laughs> if you translate the dude's name, the creative director, he's called Hassan Karaman. If you translate Karaman in, from Turkish into Japanese, it's Kojima. So a lot oh. of people went, oh my God, it must be that. And then it led to all these other crazy theories involving the font on the website was Antonio. And there's a street in Antonio, Texas called Silent Hill. There's all these sort of things that led people down this route. <laughs> I and love it when the internet I know. deep dives on this sort of stuff. Same. It's, it's, it's been really, really fun. And so the whole thing was um, that the game would be revealed in an in-game app, which a lot of people went, well, why are they doing an in-game app? You actually download an app off the PlayStation Store and you sit right. there with your controller. Um, and it's whatever it is, it'll be revealed at a certain time. And we're all going to play whatever this reveal is. So it was all very weird, and okay. no game's ever done that before either. So it was like, well, okay, Sony must be on board with this. And Kojima, Sony, mm-hmm. no one's denied this either. No one said it's not us. And um, Blue Box got out there and tweeted saying we're not associated with Kojima, which is what Kojima would say. So that was another yeah. thing that threw everybody off. Cut to August 10th, I think it was, um, last week or whatever, earlier this week, whenever it was, yeah. um, 8 o'clock p.m. UK time when we're all logged into the app and nothing happened. And then nothing continued to happen for half an hour, for an hour, for two hours, for 10 hours, for, for a day, to, to this point where nothing Wait, so has nothing, happened. Nothing, nothing has happened. happened at all. And so <laughs> the, the <laughs> so right now, Blue Box Studios and Hassan Karaman have tweeted saying, um, and they, t- they said this on the night after a couple of hours had passed, just saying, oh, got a bit of a glitch, lads, and we're fixing it. Don't worry, we'll be there ASAP. And we're not going to give you a new date or a new time. We're just going to get there. It'll get there eventually. Um, and, and please wish us luck with it. So that's where we're at on it. But it's completely nothing happened. It was a whole big, oh, my God, could it be this? And then it's nothing at all. Well, call this situation a detective from the Wire TV show because this is absolute bunk. This is big, (laughs) hefty amounts of bunk. Um, I... Cannot I can actually totally believe that Hideo Kojima is just there like (laughs) 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 the thing that I forgot with him is that he wore that fake head back in 2014, 2015. He did a whole press junket where, and he's done this twice before. He's invented two fake studios before. There was right. uh, there was Moby Dick Studios for Metal, before it was Metal Gear Solid 5, before it was Kojima Productions. Right. And there was uh, 1180 Studios for what became PT, what became Silent Hills. Right. And when he was um, demoing as Moby Dick Studios uh, head, I forget what fake name he made up. It was an anagram of Kojima. It was just like, Makajo or something. Was it? it might as well have been Hawk Coleman, uh, Shoot Gunner. And he was yep. doing the rounds with a fake head on. He had a big fake plasticine head. Well, just, just a fake, like Mission Impossible, fake head on. Amazing. And then he got to a, a GDC that year and he took the mask off to reveal it was him. And he was like, it's me, guys. And no one reacted to it because everybody in that audience hadn't been following all the stupid mad crap yeah. he'd been doing. Yeah. Which, but it's Kojima. So all this stuff leads to the fact that all this, all of this could be the reveal of something. But I don't think it is anymore. I've I've followed it for a while, and I just think that Sony and if it was Sony and Kojima, but they wouldn't have missed the date by this much. Yeah. We're now we're days yeah. late now. Yeah. So it's just I just don't feel like it's anything. Um, but it does speak to the the favor people have for Silent Hill for like something I, new. 
I'm kind of annoyed actually if that is the case that this other company has just basically just lampooned all of the interest of Silent Hill applied <laughs> to their potentially rubbish game if it's not yeah. going to make its own deadlines and then when it comes out it's only going to disappoint people but they've benefited from a huge hype train of people well, spinning that thing. story up and up and up and up they keep getting all these every tweet that they do has like thousands of likes and stuff but there is this undercurrent of people going like well if it's not silent hill then Rawr! and i'm just like yeah. well it's not at some point i mean yeah the, the developer hassan karaman blue box they have chased it directly like oh the name of this is snl and they've well, and they you know in the, yeah, they, in the they've chased it but they have also stated like from the point that they said we're not associated with hideo kojima true. they've got that to fall back on and but, then everyone else is now a fool if by them saying we literally said we're not well there's, there is that but the thing is after they said that tweet inside the app because it's been active the app's been active mm -hmm, in terms of mm -hmm. you can log on and just see what's going on just a black screen but like a couple of times um an image did appear in the background one image was literally Literally of the PT starting room, the small room that you start in with the table and a, and a door at the back. It was a very blurry version of oh, that man. room. If they and, are doing that and it doesn't turn out to be anything to do with it, that is incredibly... Well, the other thing is that they had one of the other images that appeared was of a man in an eye patch, And it was like, well, that's... The and everyone went, oh, it's Big Boss. It's not Big Boss. If you're a Metal Gear fan, you'll know that only Big Boss... Oh, it's Big Boss's eye patch is on the other side. It's a solid snake. And so it was actually... It would have been solid snake. But, I'm sorry. I, I yeah. love that the speed in which you interrupted your own flow of thought there. It was just kind of like... It was like you had a dialogue with yourself like the golem scene i just because like, i watched it's big boss it's not big boss actually it's always it's like stuff. <laughs> precious i watched the internet react to it going oh it's big boss it's not big boss because the eye patch is on the other side lads but um, it's big either bollocks way is what it, is. it is big bollocks either way um caraman was clearly picking that image because it invokes metal gear it makes people think of metal gear solid um, or metal gear in general and um, people then realized that that image was a stock image from the epic game store or something and that's right. what was in the background so he's definitely courting it he's definitely going like oh could it be and then whatever but i think like i'm not ever going to be annoyed at a person for trying i don't feel like kojima has the monopoly on crazy viral no. ways to unlock no. to unveil your game but at the same time obviously he's missed the timing window so there is there is that side of it but i i kind of champion them for trying as much yeah. as, as half-baked as it is i mean um just on a side note here of mm -hmm. the crazy sort of auto directors um for video games I would like to see like a boxing match or at least some sort of like fight go down between Hideo Kojima, Suda51, Sweary, Ooh. you know, the guy from um, um, uh, Delhi Premonition. Yeah, of course. And who's, what's the name of the guy who does um, uh, Near Automata Potato Potato? Is Yoko Taro? <laughs> Yoko Taro, like? yeah. Yeah. I want to see all of them get into a room together and just absolutely Why? scrap it out, mate. Why is there not a celebrity death match for game developers? Why is that not know. a playable video game? How has that not been done? Like, there's so many. Phil Spencer could do, you could use like smooth talking to calm everybody down before he hits you with some price hike on the on the Seagate SD card. Todd Howard could walk across the screen with like a screen clearing, like one hit kill thing, just going like, it works, it works. And all the code like goes mad around. I would play the, the the S out of like, I can't swear on this platform, but I would, I would absolutely, I would, that would be so good. And you could like, you could add on, if anyone had like a, a boost in, like, you could have had like a Kuma Nakamura or whoever, when like she blew up around E3 and have her playable for like a few weeks or something. Just Instead of Super Smash Bros, devs. you could call it like uh, devastating dev battles or something like that. And literally just riff <laughs> off the entire, like UI of Smash I just want to I want to play as Jim Ryan who does nothing at all he only reminds you of the statistics he doesn't play anything <laughs> he's got nothing to say but he, he makes he delivers the financials um, oh, but yeah Abandoned has been a hell of a thing and at some point that app should kick into life assumedly but right now we're all just 
waiting for it to be something. Um, next question from McAllister NYC. NYC nice. says, hello, friends. Hope you're doing well. Curious to hear if you think that the Ubisoft open world Star Wars game is a good idea or a bad one. The thought of an Assassin's Creed Valhalla-like map with lightsabers fills me with dread. I'd prefer a less open world, more focused story, but hey, that's just me. What do you <sighs> think of um, Ubisoft doing the doing the Ubisoft treatment? Sorry, just the, the way that you described a Star Wars meets all of the trappings of an Assassin's Creed <laughs> game made my genitals go up inside me. Oh, I feel They've inverted sick like a, like a crocodile. Yeah, I feel absolutely sick to my stomach at the thought of a live <laughs> service game like that. Just be awful. Imagine that. Oh, climb the Wookiee Tower to go and <laughs> to go and spot the Endor a base to attack or whatever. Go like, watch oh. out for the Atats. I don't mean, worry. I, I, don't worry. You can use instead of your eagle vision, you can use your two pipes vision. <laughs> two pipes, mate. There's a character in Star Wars with two pipes. I, I'd like. I'd, I'd, I was speaking to Benroy about this because he absolutely loves his Star Wars and uh -huh. he absolutely loves how like weird some of the naming conventions are. And it's like, imagine trying to like come up with like a, I'm a feared bounty hunter from across the galaxy and you choose two pipes for your <laughs> well, name. I mean, I remember there's, there's, there's some really good Easter eggs of names hidden in Star Wars like that. Um, the guy that offers uh, Anakin the uh, the death sticks in episode two, his real name is Sleaze Bagano, which is really good. <laughs> And um, what was it? When the, the big lad in uh, in a new hope, the the sort of larger pilot who's flying the X wing. His name is Major Porkins, which is yeah, because yeah, I, I remember that. I remember that Porkins. They were like Porkins, pull up. Like, <laughs> imagine just living in like a literal world like that. What would mine be? I would just be like Baldo. Wow, went straight for that one, didn't you? Didn't, uh, not much thought went into that. Jesus, I how long have you had that loaded up? Greedo shot first, Scott Telford did. There's a game coming out called Baldo, and I was going to send you. The, I was going to send you the link and be like, "Oh, it's about you." And then I thought, "Oh, that's a bit." bit harsh i didn't do it and then i did it on a podcast but that's just <laughs> that's me and you my friend but yeah there is a game called um called boulder but in regards to star wars open world stuff mm. um i wonder if there's a way to do it with live service stuff in regards to live events like Fortnite style stuff like having yeah. you know like, oh there's a sith guy on the loose and everybody needs to go here to fight mm -hmm. him or uh, like hitman live contract style stuff um i think that could be kind of cool but i don't i don't trust ubisoft right now so i, I it's gonna need a little bit of time before uh, they <sighs> I'm the, the only back. person that really doesn't want like an open world Star Wars game. I feel like we've already it. got the Knights of the Old Republic MMORPG, which kind of serves mm. that for me. I don't feel like I want to have what would potentially be like a bland experience where all the towns mm. and stuff feel the same in such a fantastical universe. I mean, Jedi Fallen Order is so I, good as well. Yeah, I want like sparse locales. I if it, I want it to be like level-based level-based mm. stuff was brilliant uh, when when it's handled correctly because you can build so much into the mythos of what mm -hmm. it is like one of the main reasons why i still go back to play star wars uh, battlefront 2 the ea version is right. because of the fact that they just put so much uh, like effort into making the levels feel so distinct and fun mm -hmm. like actual snapshots of the movie mm -hmm. if that was like a open world game i don't know i just wouldn't feel the same I, with it it's weird because i like, very like the last couple of nights i've just been living on kotor like the 2003 one or whatever the original yeah, it's one great, is. isn't it oh god my god it's phenomenal i mm. young me did not appreciate that game anywhere near as much as it deserves like that game is phenomenal um, and just playing through that that almost works as an open world star wars game like you are free but, to just explore and talk to they're big levels though yeah they're, they're, that's the thing that's what i uh, like um shadow of mordor felt mm -hmm. to me it wasn't classed as an open world game it was like a it was just a large level game and right, for that right. reason everything felt more compact in a mm -hmm. sense that i didn't feel like i was seeing the same things repeat over and over again it felt like each locale felt different and as such i felt yeah. a sense of progression when i moved between them whereas mm -hmm. if it was just part of a bigger world 
Biomutant had this big problem where mm. like I went from one biome to the other, but nothing felt like it changed. It just mm. felt like, cool, I'm over here now. Like, I think it's like if, you, if you're spending the majority of your time just traveling, just sort of <laughs> wandering to find the video game, then you bounce off it. Because, yeah, there's a really good distinction to be made there about like the sort of open world mentality, but applied to a space that isn't just sparse and huge for the sake mm -hmm. of it. Because, um, yeah, the likes of like Breath of the Wild do it really well, where you're always coming across something, whether it's a puzzle dungeon or an enemy to fight or whatever. Um, as opposed to, for me, Valhalla or the last sort of the last three Assassin's Creed's, I've not, I finished Air Origins, but I didn't finish Odyssey or Valhalla because they are just so huge. You're just wandering. <laughs> around for ages they're huge and then the developers seem to sort of panic and just fill every single possible nook Some and cranny with collectibles <laughs> or little side missions and there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever the problem is is that when they combine it with a very very like patronizing ui and map mechanic where it tells mm. you where every single thing is you don't have to explore to do anything you're literally no. going to place to place to tick boxes you are um in that essence taking what should be free choice as mm -hmm. in i'm going to go explore over here and turning it into a mandatory well i better go and hoover up all of these things over yeah here. there's one thing that i um like kind of realized going back through um bioware's old games like the first mass effect the remake of it and then playing back through the original kotor is like you can like it really feels like a super interactive world you're not being waypointed to something in sp uh, particular mm -hmm. like the quest is just find out where such and such is hidden and you can just ask that question to anybody and any yeah. number of different elements can interact with each other and it just it feels like you're crafting that path like like it's your mm -hmm. you're carving your own way through it and you lose that with waypointing this is why i still feel like fallout new vegas is one of the all-time mm. ways to tell an open world story because it gives you the vegas clues as to where people have gone but you have to actually find out where they are by talking to people mm -hmm. like the opening section in good springs i know we're going off on a bit of a tangent but it, it, there is a point to this not like us is it <laughs> you don't have to <laughs> actually go and ask people where benny is heading or who like the cons that he was with or like some other information about it you can go back up to the grave where you were dug out by victor and look on the ground and find distinguishing um like uh, cigarette butts, no take way. them to somebody else. It will come up in conversation saying, do you know anyone who smokes these this brand of cigarettes? And right. they'll point you in the direction that you could go and find that's, it in. That's brilliant. That's like a level, that's the style of RPG storytelling or RPG pathfinding that I feel has completely gone by the wayside. Because even in Assassin's Creed, they try to do that. They try like Ape mm -hmm. the Witcher and you can't, you can turn it. It's an option in the in the menu. You can be like, oh, I don't want waypointing. I want um, exploration or something. Yeah. And then instead of telling you where to go, they'll just say, you're target resides to the east of the river and then you just yeah. go and go but that's not really the same like you're not empowering the player to figure it out like yeah. the conversation options you have in kotor the agency you have in fallout like those it's it gives you like a sense of like literal agency in that world like i yeah. can ask these questions i can figure this out De developers are fighting a constant battle between uh, keeping players engaged and empowering them at every mm. given opportunity, and they are living in perpetual fear that a, a person will not be able to understand the problem yeah. and therefore bounce off the game entirely and call it dumb or stupid when in <laughs> actual fact it's because it requires a bit more forethought than mm. you might realize. That's um, true. I mean, obviously, I things do feel have got for so them. Much... Like, I do feel yeah. for developers a lot because they yeah, have yeah, to try and make it like, as accessible as possible. Especially like, as things have got more popular as well. Like, you have a much bigger mainstream audience. I forget who originally said the quote of, Think of the average person. Okay, fifty percent of the population are really less yeah, intelligent yeah, than them, yeah. and it's like that's like such an insane way to think about it. But you can apply it across the game. If you're making something for a wider audience, you need to make sure that that person can enjoy the game uh, as well. I mean, um, if you take if yeah. just my last point is you take Fallout New Vegas and what I the example I just gave you, and Fallout seventy six, where it tells you exactly where every single goal is, every single person, when your character would feasibly have no idea where this person right. is. It just says go find the overseer, and it gives you an icon. It's like 
how would my character know that the overseer <laughs> is in overseer? this direction or even what they look like? You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's, it's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's tons of stuff like that, especially because loads of games just boil it down to vision modes as well. It's yeah. just, oh, you sort of like channel whatever vision mode and the thing that glows red is what you're supposed to kill. Yeah. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Anyway, next question is from The Gaming Nook. How many hours a week do we spend gaming? Is it all your free time or given that it's your job, do you get any paid time to play? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a good one. Oh, that is very good. Um, For me, I probably manage roughly three sessions of one and a half to three hours a week, but I'd love to be a lot more. Have a great week. Um, Same to you. Um, Yeah, we don't get paid to play. Um, unless it's um, sometimes when it's something sponsored, we might be able to fit in like a half hour or something at the end of a day to try and catch some footage for a sponsored video. But even then, it's yeah. that's very rare. Um, how, how, do you, how many hours do you spend a week gaming? I have to admit, uh, I am playing less and less video games as mm. I'm going on. I, I'm streaming um, at least two hours a week, so I get to play that as a mandatory thing. But mm-hmm. in between, like just because I do lots of like Warhammer stuff as well, which requires a lot of assembly mm. and painting, a lot of my time is taken up by that. Mm-hmm researching rules for it um and then i'm obviously shooting and editing those things so that's another like evening out Mm -hmm. then it's spending time with the missus then it's doing work on the house like it's it adds up to a lot of thing where i probably only play about 
I would say three hours a week at the moment. Okay. And while like it's not, it's nowhere near enough to be to be um, uh, what I would consider to be like an active gamer at the moment. I still spend all of my free time researching other games that are out. Yeah, you're still immersed to, like, in see, it, yeah. Yeah, like I can't escape it in that sense because I'm always getting people on like the Discord talking to me about new titles that are coming up, sharing mm. trailers and stuff like that. Well, the, so, the, it's in such a weird spot right now because the industry has been so flat for the last few months, mm -hmm. obviously because of the reality of what we've been through and the, and the tail end of coming out of the uh, lockdown and stuff. And there are so many games being delayed or like even the regards for the rest of this year, there aren't any big PlayStation games. Like PlayStation is done for 2021. There's mm -hmm. Halo Infinite. Uh, overall, I guess there's Kena Bridge of Spirits, but that's also on PS4. Um, but yeah, for me, it's um, it's I don't know, three, five, six hours most nights. Like it depends what the it depends. Yeah, you're what's able out. to just churn it out, really. Like, I can kind of just do it. I mean, uh, it depends what's out. I think at the minute things are more relaxed, and because we're like I said, because we're coming out of lockdown right now, I'm spending more time um, doing outside things again, going swimming for the first time yeah. in like a year and a half, um, and just sort of enjoying that and going out for meals again and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. um, things are in the way at the minute. If it's if it's a full like if there's a bunch of stuff to cover, then I, then my average would be like three to five six hours. And I mean, I'm up until two in the morning or something like every night. I just I that's that's me. I I just I like I like living on games. I've been on I've banked like ten hours in Kotor in the last like two nights or something. To be so, fair though, uh, uh, Scott is the sole reason why the games industry is still afloat because the <laughs> amount of titles that you buy and play is ridiculous. It's like, oh, have you played this? Yeah, I've got about fifteen hours to it. I'm like, yep, yeah, sure. <laughs> the, 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 just... uh, the, the pre-release trailer came out yesterday. Scott, have you met? I've got a guy. Just don't, guys. <laughs> just they send me. They know who I am. Yeah. It's, uh, it arrives by pigeon. Yeah, I think um, I like to sort of check in on everything. Like every last. I mean, I was on the Windjammers two beta like last night. Just, like as nice. well as Kotor and like um, I just finished Death. It's such a good game, by the way. Oh my god, Windjammers is the best one-on-one -on -one <laughs> multiplayer so game ever ever and it's like windjammers 2's beta is out um and it's really weird because it's not on the uk playstation store but if you follow the euro link and then uh, it, it appears in the french i think is the language it defaults to on the web browser and then log in with your playstation account and download it it will then be in your library when you turn on the playstation so you can go to the library and and then download the english version oh mad so Very it's nice. really weird, and because of that, the player count is tiny. Um, but I have managed to do some games online. But Windjammers, a frisbee-based one-on-one, so good. It's phenomenal. Play Windjammers. It's on every single system, and go play the beta. <laughs> um, because win for Windjammers too. But yeah, I uh, I tend to live on video games unless there's uh movies to watch, TV or whatever, or life stuff to do, so I don't become yeah. a big blob. Otherwise, I'm just living on games. Um, next question from Haley from Camp Crystal Lake, who says it's annoying that Sony isn't putting out PlayStation Five exclusives, but Xbox also seems to be winning right now, despite doing the same because of their approach to, to backwards compatibility which approach would you prefer more backwards compatibility or more separation between the generations um i think that we addressed this uh, sort of argument a couple of months ago um mm. but i'm very much of the proponent as much as it even pains me to say as a person who relishes old video game experiences mm. but i feel like you only <clears throat> move the industry forward when you actually start cutting ties and saying that we're not going to be limiting our hardware to play old uh, yeah. games we are moving forward like there might even be a reason why we're holding on to a disc-based um concept of consoles at the moment mm -hmm. because of the fact that they offer backwards uh, compatibility yeah like that's why i got them the thought process that went into the PlayStation 3 was apparently so insanely intense because not only were they making a console that could move things forward for Sony, mm -hmm. but they made it so that it was backwards compatibility, backwards compatible for PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2 games yeah. until they finally started going, 
right, we're going to have to start moving away from this. <laughs> well, like I always as, think that uh, that, uh, that transition much, period is so valuable. Yeah, as much like um, as nostalgia will bring in the bucks. At the end of the day, like they can rework stuff to make it run on old cons uh, on newer consoles if they wanted to. Mm. But to be honest, I personally believe that we should always be striving forward for the industry without. And that, unfortunately, is going to mean having to say goodbye to a few other things. See, Mike, yeah, I'm totally for, I mean, that was the hilarious original Jim Ryan quote was, I believe in generations, or we believe in generations. And then they've only yeah. moved away from that and sort of tried to do more backwards compatibility stuff. Um, but yeah, same. Like, I, if I'm spending half a grand on something, half a thousand pounds on something, I want it to do something that the previous system couldn't do. Yeah. And the more you bring stuff out cross-gen, the more disappointed I am. And so, like, just on a base consumer level, I'm buying into a, a, a vague promise of a next generation. And it's like, yeah, so for me, I, I would prefer separation between the generations, but I don't think that should come at the expense of access, access, um, access points to those old games. Yeah. Like I'm having a blast playing KOTOR, and I had to play that on my Xbox because it's it, you can't get it on play a PS4. Yeah. Yeah. There's no version of that game unless you want to do it on Android or something. So it's like, I think you should have access to legacy content, whether they do that as a paid service or... Um, you know, you just have those archives online. I don't see any reason why you wouldn't. I don't know why someone like Sony aren't monetizing their PlayStation history. I think that's insane. I, I totally agree with you. I know that Sony especially have got like a sort of real aversion to working with PC platforms mm. because of the stranglehold that Microsoft has on that market. Mm. But you might as well just say to them, look, here are a ton of PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2 classics up on Steam or GOG or something like that mm. that caters for these things. And they take a huge amount of revenue. Therefore, you can always say to them, hey, guys, even though this PlayStation 7 is going to have like sniff sensors and stuff like that, if you don't, <laughs> if you don't want to have your Oculus burning um, like retina scan mm -hmm. thing, then go and play the PlayStation 1 or 2 games that we put up on these um, websites. Yeah. And for those of you out there who are listening who are in a constant search for um, old school games, check out um, uh, GOG, Good Old Games. Uh, they yes. have tons tons of uh, old PC games and of, obviously a lot of um, back in the day you get a lot of PC, PlayStation 1, um, and original Xbox crossover. So you can find quite a lot of good gems there. Mm -hmm. That's my thing with them. Um, like, because I, I just, I love the idea of an archive of old systems. Because it's not necessarily like you're going to go back and play through the entirety of like some old, like, a, a, you know, a full 40 hours of Final Fantasy VIII or something. Mm -hmm. But like having it available is a good thing. And obviously in Final Fantasy's case, they are available. But there are tons of old school titles that you just can't play. And like you think of them on a random afternoon and you want to just play them for a bit and you can't. I think that's an I think that's a problem. Um, and I would pay for like, I would pay monthly fee for access to the entire playstation library or if they did it by ps1 ps2 ps3 or whatever mm -hmm. um even same on xbox they have a, a legacy of content that you could monetize um yeah i think but at the same time like you said you're not going to move forward with an industry with a medium with creativity and artistry if you don't start making exclusives that play to the strengths of the new hardware that just seems i mean we've insane. already seen a huge well what can happen when it, uh, nostalgia is just relentlessly explo mm. exploited with the end uh, gen cycle of the last generation yeah. and the beginning of this new one they are just farming out games that we've already played we were talking just last week about the fact that the last of us is getting remade again that <laughs> game doesn't need a remake yeah, no. but it's just but it's just people are just spinning the wheels while they wait for the new generation to fully kick in the but thing is like, well it's just bad the um the beginning of the whole when the new generation the current generation was being talked about mark cerny was up there doing the, the sony 
hardcore deep dive thing saying like, look, the way that we've made games is about to change because we're, we're eliminating loading. So you don't even have to have corridors mm -hmm. in between mm -hmm. sections of combat or something like that. It fundamentally changes the way you make games if you eliminate loading. Um, and that was, oh my God, that that is insane. And it's that's going to change everything. But then even Sony themselves have gone, ah, but not really, not yet. We're going to do all these, you know, this game's also on PS4. So we need to make sure that the, the, yeah, the environment works for that. So the likes of God of War is hampered by it and things like that. And so it's going to be another couple of years, but that promise of that real step up, eliminating loading and designing games around that. And what can you make in that regard? Like that stuff just makes me go, oh my God, that's incredible. Mm -hmm. but that's years away. And um, mm -hmm. so, yeah, at some point, I guess, hopefully they'll embrace what the next generation can be. Um, thank you for your question, by the way. That was a good question. Yeah, thank you very much. Next question from Vin Van Miel, who says, Ahoy, lads, what game is in need, in need of a D-Master slash D-Make? Um, which game is... D-Master? See, the, uh, see, the way he's taking this is, which game is too complicated, but the core mechanics and features make for an amazing game? Assassin's Creed Valhalla was great, but now having finished it, I have three children that are flying cars, and the PlayStation 5 is still out of stock, um, <laughs> coming to us from 2040, assumedly. But, um, yeah, the way that I thought he was going to take that was that run of D-Masters where people make um, something like Bloodborne on PS1 yeah. like, or things like that. I would That's how I would take that. But I know what yeah. he means in terms of take the core and then make it like PS1, PS2 style. So, uh, so basically, it's like uh, taking a video game and just removing all of the fat in it. I was going to say uh, trimming the bloat off it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that is a tough one. I mean, my mind immediately thinks back to, um, unfortunately, Cyberpunk, um, because it's a <laughs> recent example, because of the fact that I feel like there was just too much uh, on it mm -hmm. uh, to the overtax the team, overstretch the development process. God, I keep forgetting and that game. Yeah, I, the thing is, is that I load it back up occasionally and I just still think to myself, God damn, this game is very fun <laughs> when it's running as it should be. And yeah. I'm just they're like, oh man, just an absolute sting in the tail for that one. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I would say that that game there, if it had a bit of like fat cut out from it and it was allowed to breathe a little bit more with the smaller space and less taxing, I reckon I, uh, people would have enjoyed it so much. Mm. There's, um, I, weirdly, my mind goes to, I don't know if you played much of the Yakuza series or Judgment, but like the... No, I need to get into the uh, Yakuza series. Yeah, because it's one of my favorite franchises, but they, in, I, I love Ju Judgment is their sort of attempt at doing like a more grounded, like serial killer murder mystery type thing where you play as a, you play as like a, a detective who's like hunting stuff instead of being one of the Yakuza, but you are also like an ex-Yakuza. But mm -hmm. that game, uh, especially towards the end when the story really kicks off has so much fetch questy stuff where it's just like go here talk to this character right now run back across the whole city and talk to that character right now run yeah, back and do this yeah and it's just like oh my god can you just streamline it a bit and i don't know like which i mean i've been on the yakuza train since the beginning but i don't know who's asking for this sort of like weird story bloat because for me like the the story side is one thing and the city the city activities they're a whole other thing and so that would be i would streamline that stuff i would take out a lot of the weird open world bloat in regards to running around and just give me here's the story and here's your mini games and it's in this location and just go indulge and just get stuck yeah. in this instead of running around for it just remove running from everything i think is what i would say well, I, I tell you what, I would just, as a mandatory thing that um, I wish would be removed from video games in general is mm -hmm. just feeling that your game needs to have an open world element. Like, I know we discussed yes. it before, but there are some games that just do not need it. The original No More Heroes is a fantastic boss beater. Like, playing it's, that. it's such a good, like, boss rush game because of all of the crazy stuff that you do, uh, like, who you fight and all the, like, setup and stuff. That's, mm -hmm. I won't ruin anything for you. 
But one of the bits that is really grinding is the fact that it chucks you occasionally back into this big open world. And I remember them just like touting that this like how big this open world was and how mm. like that, like how crazy it was to like zoom across from town to town on your giant like Akira styled motorbike. And yes, that is fun. But the problem is, is there is literally nothing to do in that world. <laughs> kind of like L.A. Noire. There was right. like, nothing to do in it apart from the occasional like random crime that you had to stop. Yeah, I, I would like, throw in um, Gears 5 as well. Yeah, like turn that into a level system. Mm -hmm. I would much rather go from level to level and maybe have a hub map selection thing because it streamlines the content. It makes your experience more fun to play. And mm -hmm. yes, like it's not as immersive in the sense that you're not going out into this living world. It doesn't need to be. Like no. you're selling yourself on different aspects and you can push them harder. Like mm -hmm. that for me detracted from the overall experience. No, totally. Like I mean, I, I was thinking about, I was writing about Gears like yesterday and I was like, Gears 5, like really tight game, love the combat model, but like they injected this completely unnecessary open world bit where you mm -hmm. are just, on, you're on this um like weird like sailboat thing that drives on sand. It's called like a skiv, I think. And you're yeah. just going like, but it just means that you're just scattering the game because it's like Arkham City. It's just sort of like, well, here's the meat of this game and we shattered it. So now you need to travel from this point to this point to this point. Just give me it all in one go. Like I'm not getting anything from this travel time yeah. um, and there's nothing to do on the way. So like, yeah, I guess I would I would regress those things. If it did another Arkham time, I mean, Gotham Knights seems like the next Arkham game that's going to be even yeah. more bloated, more open world, more multiplayer. It's like, just, what, just go backwards. The, the one superhero game that I felt nailed the sort of open world thing was the Spider-Man game for the PS1. Yes. I felt like there was always something to do. There was always something to explore. I was just happy just swinging because they made the traversal mechanics themselves that much more fun than mm. just driving from point a to b but mm. i was just like oh i don't care that it's taken me about 20 minutes to get from one side of the island to the other mm. i had a blast doing it completing challenges that's, along the way yeah that's a really good point if you're gonna do like bloated traversal or a lot of traversal do something other than just holding the stick forward i yeah. think it's like you know because like you said in spidey it's like you're chaining those moves together you're doing those different like two-handed web blasts and stuff like that doing like the like, tricks and stuff like that when you're yeah, like yeah doing, doing like, like the trick cool. system yeah if you're gonna do, yeah, i think if you're gonna do an open world thing and you're gonna have your arbitrary open world stuff at least gamify it a little bit give us something yeah. to do in it um even in jack 2 you had the skateboard i was just thinking of skateboarding games for a sec there i was like jack 2's little hoverboard <laughs> i used to love it um next question from dan who says hi gents hope you're doing well uh, doing well well same to you have either of you ever had any gaming slash nerdy figures that were accidentally damaged or destroyed i myself had these sephiroth kutabakaya sm aid blah blah AC figure. I tried to say Kutabakaya <laughs> Advent Children figure, because um, I've also had that too, um, that my cat pushed off a shelf. Suffice oh, no. to say, rather upset. Um, I have a Thanos figure that fell and his limbs all fell off, and then I, they just won't go back on properly. He's sort of like, he'll sit, he can stand in one position, but if you kind of mold him a little bit, he just falls apart again. So I've just, oh, he's no. just perpetually looking like he's afraid of everyone that's in front of him because he's like, like back over. But I um, yeah. I had to get rid of all of my uh, figurines and stuff no! like when I moved down because there's just not enough space for them down here. Um, I did have to fix um, uh, Rach's uh, Dark Souls figurine that she put right. She got like a gaping dragon. Um, uh -huh. Uh, figurine and like something broke off of it so I had to go and fix it for her and she was <laughs> devastated no actually it wasn't that it was it was Link's bow uh, from one of her Legend of Zelda figurines oh, okay. that broke and she had I had to go and fix it for her and that was painstaking because it's like one of those things where it was such a fine break mm -hmm. that you could uh, see where like if it wasn't lined up perfectly like because the plastic was like great oh, yeah, yeah. so I had to spend ages like tweaking <laughs> it just ever so slightly to get it back into position again because so, yeah. I love I love the figure life but the uh, I mean that's the thing he mentions a cat pushed it off a shelf that is literally the reason why I don't have a cat right now like me and my <laughs> wife were about to zero in on getting a cat and just sort of scanned the room and was just like there's a lot of stuff 
that this cat could destroy yep, if yep. we get a cat in. So that's that is prime the primary reason I don't <laughs> want to you know smashing all my uh, my Witcher figures or anything. Yeah. Um. Final question from Robert Green: Has there been a game that ruined another game in the same genre for you? I know that Jules is a big Dynasty Warriors fan. I played the Kessen series, and Dynasty Warriors was just not what I wanted. Test Drive: uh, Eve of Destruction also made it near impossible for me to enjoy Wrecked. Sorry, Scott. Well, you should be sorry because Wrecked is brilliant. But I've not played Test Drive: Eve of Destruction. So basically, you're saying that you're a uh, Romance of the K- Three Kingdoms buff. I guess in two <laughs> is where it's at, my friend. Um, unfortunately, uh, X- XCOM uh, has completely ruined any squad-based turn-based strategy mm. games for me. Because every single time that I see anyone trying to ape their system, I go, yeah, it's just not as I good. I would just play because- XCOM. The, the thing is, is that the way that I always think of XCOM is that it's the pong of its own genre. <laughs> it's simplified Distinct. everything down to basically what you need to work. And it mm-hmm. is 100% the purest video game experience of that one particular thing that's trying mm-hmm. to do. And so therefore, whenever I see somebody else like, and I, trust me, there have been so many good games that have tried to build on top of that, that yep. I just go, no, 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 you don't need to build on top of perfection. That's like trying <laughs> to stick a funny hat onto one of the characters of Mount Rushmore. It's cool and all, but it's uh, not needed. No, I mean the the nearest something got. I was trying to think of like other turn based games that I've liked recently. There was a one called Mutant Year Zero that brought in like a stat that's system. A, yeah, that's kind of cool. Like that yeah. game. Yeah. But still, like you said, it's like XCOM does perfect it. For me, it's Dark Souls. Like, I think that whatever anyone's first Souls game is tends to stick with them anyway. But Mm -hmm. once you've ingratiated yourself into that mentality of like turtle rolling around someone, turtle poking around someone, like, you know, you're circle surfing around someone and progressing through a game in that way, then nothing, you all all you ever see is Souls. And so, like, that dominated the entire, all the 2010s. Obviously, uh, after Dark Souls came out in 2011, everything was just a Souls clone and I couldn't get away from it. What about that Mortal Shell thing? Oh my god, Mortal Shell, Mortal Shell is like, that's the only unique thing in that is that you can hold a button to tank hits. So, which, it is like, <laughs> it's weird because... You're going to piss off a lot of that community with that. No, thing. no, like, my point is that I, like, I'm kind of fascinated by it. I just, it's weird because you have to steer into combat in a way that you don't yeah. in Souls. Um, and you have to rely on absorbing the hit as you go to hit someone. And that's a really weird thing to train your brain to do. So I, I really ad- admired that. But after a while, I was just like, it's just, rem- every single part of it is reminding me of Souls. And I would rather... <laughs> the replay dark souls so i ended up bouncing off it but no no that's that's a game where it's so nakedly dark souls but they did have a cool little mechanic that is for me they didn't do enough whether or at least not in the early game anyway but yeah for now this has been the entitled banter podcast thanks to everybody for sending in their questions please do the same next week we'll put out another tweet um thursday afternoon uk time it'll be uh me or jules will send something out and we'll gather up as many questions as we can Um, i might also carry across a few from um this week's gathering because we did get a lot of submissions but yes um if they don't follow us already though scott where Mm -hmm. can they find you they can find us on twitter i'm at slash lp89 jules what are you i'm at retro j with a zero and thanks to you all again thank you very much we will catch you all next week to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.